Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, there's a pretty convenient label for identifying the passive or casual hockey fan at a game. It's usually the ones who are just yelling, shoot, through the whole power play. Guess what? They're right. And if you think that they're wrong, you're wrong. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The Penguins are back at training camp today gearing up for their opener, which is only two weeks away now. And as such, they're only just beginning to delve a little bit into special teams as Mike Sullivan went out of his way to mention the other night after the 6-2 loss to the Red Wings at home in which the power play went 0 for 900 or 0 for 9. It was one of the two. It wasn't pretty either way. It also doesn't matter. Sullivan emphasized that they haven't even been working on that. So if you think that after several months apart that Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Jake Gensel, Brian Russ, everybody should just magically hop onto the rink and boom, make it all happen. That's not super realistic. That said, the power play does need a little bit of fine tuning, I believe, as the Penguins head into, what's the best way to put this? I guess the next generation of this franchise, meaning even though it's the same guys for the most part, they're going to have to do things a little bit differently, I believe, as they go from their mid-30s and onward. The principal reason for that is that you're not going to see a lot of power play goals, I believe, from this team where it's done off the rush or in some dynamic form. And don't underestimate how many power play goals the Penguins have produced over the years just by flying past people or catching someone on a bad change. It's going to have to be a dissection. It's going to have to be, and I keep making this comparison here, but I think it's a worthwhile one, something more akin to what the Detroit teams were doing a few years back when they had all those great players who were older. They just kind of adjusted. They developed not a completely static power play, but enough where the speed and the possession and the movement weren't necessarily as important. What was important, 
and what always will be important on a power play is to shoot the puck and to have mechanisms from there with which to finish those plays. Believe it or not, this group of Penguins, these five guys that I've already mentioned, are actually pretty good at this. They just need to be reminded of it on occasion, and I think starting this year, need to have it become more of the default mode than ever before. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. All right, so who's the net front guy is probably the first thing you're thinking, right? Well, if you're just going to gun it from the points, you got to have somebody there to, you know, who's big, strong presence. You actually don't. You actually don't. The way hockey is played now. No, no, no. The way penalty killing is conducted now. I had a really good talk with somebody about this at the draft in Montreal during a kind of a, you know, a lull moment. They pointed out that a lot of teams, PKs now, have their defensemen fronting forwards who are in front of the net. Old school, bash them, crash them, crack the stick over their spine. Do whatever it is that you have to do to get them out of there. New school, don't let the puck arrive. They can't hurt you if the puck doesn't get there. As such, it doesn't matter who's in front. Think about it. If you have Jake Gensel in front of the net, and Jake's actually really good there, and you have shots coming in from the point, and nobody's behind him murdering him, then all he needs to do is rely on his skill for tips, redirects, rebounds, whatever the case would be. Think about Sid off to the side of the net where he's been... Wow. I mean, Sullivan has said in the past that he might be the best he's ever seen at that very specific position. You know what I'm talking about, off to the right. And you don't see many teams moving him. You see them pretty much allow him to be there because, again, thought process, we're not going to let the puck get to him. He can be the world's greatest player still, and he's not going to hurt us if he doesn't have the puck. Say what you want about the merits of that, but that's also why you're starting to see defensemen do those deliberate misses. You know what I'm talking about. Fire the puck off the end boards and let the other player get the puck that way. That way you're not preventing the puck from getting through because you're shooting it way too hard. It's also why you saw Latang. I thought this past season, utilize that maneuver where he just goes down low. Because Sid's left-handed, Sid reaches his stick out wide and leaves a clean lane for Latang to get the puck down there. It gets it there, and Sid has all kinds of options. And you don't generally want Sidney Crosby to have a lot of options when he's that close to your net. This is what needs to happen. What doesn't need to happen, and you knew this was coming, and this is the stuff that frustrates the fans, and I believe rightly, is all this attempted uh, horizontal stuff through the box. Look, when it works, it's a beautiful thing to behold. We were blessed to have watched a decade and a half of Mario Lemieux pick apart every box anyone ever threw at him. If they put two guys on him, 
He was able to get the puck in the perfect spot for three of his guys to take somebody on three on one. There was no beating him on the power play. And it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's artistic. It's also not realistic. Not this year, not in this brand of hockey. Coaches, not just Mike Sullivan, not just Barry Trotz, not just other guys who believe in this philosophy, but those two for sure will do anything that they can to keep the puck out of the middle of the rink, not just in front of the net, but the entire vertical box known as the slot. They don't want that puck getting into that area. If and when it is, all the sirens go off. You do anything that you can to get it back out of there. So if somebody wants to play around and hang on to the puck and try to find some kind of holes or put a pass through three sticks or three skate blades or whatever it is, go right ahead. Go right ahead. We don't think you can do it. We as a penalty killing unit don't think you can do it. The way to beat that is to shoot the puck. You're not going to stop a shot more often than not if it's well-placed in addition to having a little bit of oomph behind it. This power play needs to become that on a more consistent basis, starting like, you know, right now. When we come back, J1Q. comes from Ed who says Sid will be Sid Tang is always in shape as long as he's healthy it all boils down to Gino which Gino will we see this season all kinds of cynicism in there Ed these three have contributed quite a lot to the local hockey scene I would say uh, I, I, I always a little thrown by that you know the city of Pittsburgh has had professional sports since not long after the Civil War. And you're not going to find a scenario where three individuals combined to create as much success in any of them, in any year, in any era. And you know how I know that? This year, this year, the Penguins trio will become the first in NHL history to stay together this long. And the reason they've been able to stay together this long and the reason the team wanted them to stay together this long is they've won three championships and they've done a whole lot of other winning. Look, I get it. It, it, it can, it can get a little tiring when your team doesn't succeed in the playoffs and the Penguins have hardly succeeded in the playoffs for five years now. But, Pinning that on the most familiar names, as it sounds like you're doing, and I apologize if I'm wrong here, Ed. Uh, you know, it's it, it's not something that I'm going to have a, a healthy reaction to. However, it's your question, and I'll answer it. I believe that the Geno that you're going to see is going to be a lot like the one that you saw in the second half of last season once he got his legs going. That's... The variable. Uh, Gino's game originates in his skating. It's not something that everybody thinks about reflexively when they think of him. You think about the shot, you think of the passing and everything else. Gino's game is in his ability to turn that ice up. 
And he's doing that. He's doing that in this camp. He's got the wheels. It's a matter of staying healthy, as you suggested, for some reason, in association with Latang, even though Latang was pretty much available all year. I, I would recommend, honestly, Ed, I, I would recommend stepping back a little bit from the situation and counting up the championships, counting up the accomplishments, uh, knowing for a fact the two of them are going to end up in the Hall of Fame, maybe the third, uh, knowing that two of them are definitely going to have their numbers retired and be recognized in all kinds of ways by the franchise and maybe the third, and really, honestly, Worrying a whole lot more about the supporting cast. If you get the production that you got from Sid and Gino once they came back from significant issues the previous summer that needed to be addressed and it had needed to be addressed for a while, you got two terrific players. You got two guys that were top 20 players in the NHL and you got yourself a top 20 defenseman and you have them this year at basically bargain rates. So they didn't even stop you from building the rest of the team the way you'd want to. Look way, way, way more at the goaltending. Look at the offensive production that you might get from the defensive core other than Latang, particularly that Mike Matheson's also gone now. Look at the scoring depth. Look at some of the wingers, particularly the ones that are going to be needed to contribute off the second line so that there's a solid top six. Look for the Teddy Bluger line, whoever that happens to be, to get back to being... Uh, you know, more productive in both capacities, offensively and defensively, the way Teddy had been up until last year. That's the stuff that's going to swing the vote here. It really is. I appreciate the question. I appreciate, I think, the spirit in which it was asked. And I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these on Monday. Thank you so much for listening. 